Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Ladies and gentlemen, two men from opposite ends of the physical, cultural, and emotional spectrums, Flats and Shanks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode six of our podcast. Um, I'm David Flatman. I'm Tom Shanklin. Hiya, Tom. Hi, Dave. Uh, now, this week, we are in the presence of a special guest at a special place. Firstly, where are we, Tommy? Well, we are at the Saracens headquarters, training ground, um, a club that we both play for, Flens, mm. mm. and number one club in Europe, Yeah. in the English League, and I think the Barnet Gazette said the world. Yeah, the, so, yeah, not our words, the world. Um, the we said Gazette. we'd go bigger and better than last week, and we did. We have now set the benchmark incredibly, incredibly high, and we have a special guest with us. Mm. What, we ha- what we haven't done this week is go for the sort of celebrity call-up. What we've done is actually get another human being to sit with us. Uh, Shank's bought an extra microphone and some equipment, and we're trying to make it work, and hopefully it is working. And with us, we have the... Saracen stalwart, the England international, the Premiership champion, the European champion, fullback, Alex Good. Good, Alex Good. Good, good. Uh, good, to be fair. I'd rather be known good. as Good. You're good? good. Or, well, yeah, on. well, I'd go Alex Good, but. But hang on, you, you left me a voicemail in the week about this podcast <laughs> and you said it's Goody. And then you say it's Alex Good. What well, do you want from us, mate? Well, I mean, look, obviously I'm being difficult there, but to be honest with you, I kind of give up fighting, fighting it because everyone just calls me Goody or Good, so. It comes to a point where you're just like, fine, just like it. Why argue? Just quickly touching on nicknames, um, because obviously <laughs> you've got Shank, Shanks, you've got Flats, you've got Goody. I mean, I had a few, and I think it's, nicknames are a good way of like integrating into the squad. Yeah, what were yours, Shanks? Um, stuff like Merlin, Viper, <laughs> Jester, um, Self-proclaimed? Ice, Iceman, Maverick. <laughs> um, Remember any of mine? Yeah. Hunter, <laughs> Cobra, <laughs> Saracen. Wolf, uh, Nightshade, and Jet. <laughs> so, apart from Goody or Goody, do you have any other nicknames? Um, I get called Crypto quite a bit still. Crypto? Uh, crypto. Crypto. Is in like, you know, okay. the, the sort of. Um, what drains the man of his strength? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. I, was a bit, I like to think it's because I was when I was younger, just a bit too, too excitable. I used to just sort of 
drain some people of energy and just be <laughs> perhaps a bit you know, poisonous or you know, <laughs> relentless with my, uh, I say banter, just annoying maybe. Um, uh, not quite that level, no, just okay. perhaps didn't have kids and was a bit more energetic in the morning. So, yeah. you know, people with families who don't get much sleep. So when we walked, in, walked into the clubhouse here, we, um, I saw Al Sanderson, uh, your coach, and my old teammate from the old days, and uh, he said, what are you doing? I said, podcast with Goody. He said, why have you chosen the drone to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is that as well. Um, I've got the drone. Um, I get, yeah, I get some few really, really positive ones. You know, we talk about Saracens being relentlessly positive and great with each other and speaking to each other really kindly. Yeah, you know, get called the drone. You know, the the sort of thing that flies above training and takes all the uh, images and um, <laughs> drones on. Yeah, it goes just like a, a constant. So that's a positive. Um, um, hopefully you, for the podcast, people won't fall asleep. No, too well, late. Too late. Yeah. So you you want goody or goody? What do you want from us? Um, I'm happy just to wherever wherever you feel comfortable with, mate. Um, Fine. Because I said my mum tried to fight my battles and you, told didn't your mum, Stuart didn't your Barnes. Your mum write a letter into BT Sport. She didn't write. No, she actually caught Stuart Barnes probably having a uh, behind the bike sheds or whatever it was. <laughs> actually, that sounds bad, my mum. <laughs> <laughs> and you, 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 couldn't, you couldn't see the action for the listeners <laughs> yeah. who aren't here, which is all of you. It was a bit um, like an, it, some, an Australian DJ. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Easy. It, um, was, it was really, really weird, the, the sort of movement he did with his hand. Anyway. Yeah, well, she, she, she accosted him and said, uh, my son's called Alex Good, not Good. And um, he was like, oh, OK. And then I was known as basically someone who my mum was still fighting my battles for me. Such a shame, isn't it? Yeah. Such a shame. But um, how's the body, mate? You weren't playing this weekend. Yeah, no, I had a, a bit of a knock for the last couple of weeks on my knee. Uh, but it's a technical term. Yeah, it's uh, got a nice little chewy grip, which looks really manly. I um, saw that. It's like it's like you're nine years old and trying to get out of <laughs> rope climbing in PE. Yeah, I got a little, <laughs> little, little carpet burn. Uh, so I didn't fancy it the weekend. Uh, hopefully, but this weekend. Um, yeah, he likes playing the, the big games. Mm. Of course. What's <laughs> it? Um, I'm always interested in this whole because this whole Dan Carter thing's come up with cortisone injections and when. I played, I had a ton of those and it was all completely <laughs> above board. It was all there. If we needed TUEs, we had them. If we didn't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if we did or not, but that wasn't my concern. But it was certainly nothing hidden about those. They were to help those injuries. Um, I know Shanks, you had, would have had a load as well. But in terms of you get a knock and you're a key player for Saris, how much, um, what, what's the process like when you find out you're injured? You might be able to play or you might not. How long are you given to prove your fitness and how relaxed are they about when you come back? Um, I don't think the coaches are particularly relaxed about it. I think being the nature of a coach is that they get a bit worried about everything and stressed. Uh, I guess it depends on the nature of the game. At this stage of the season, you know, with the premiership being so long and it, with the playoff system, it's not a necessity to get everyone out every single game. And mm. you know, we're, we're quite good at, having a, at trusting the squad and giving everyone a, a, you know, trusting them, I guess, and playing them people. Mm. So um, we try and look after people as much as possible in that sense. But, you know, you guys know what it's like, your semi-final, finals, big games, people want to play in it. And it's as much the player desperate to play in that as it is yeah, the coaches, so... Um, right, anyway, on the show we've... Gonna it's not touch a show, on, it's a podcast, actually. What's on yeah, the cast? Okay. On the cast, we're going to touch on the Aviva Premiership, we're going to touch on the Pro 12, which I'm sure you follow. Yeah, religiously. Goody's going to lead um, that chat. We've got a little bit on the Rugby Championship and how great, pointless, hashtag boring, slash boring, even, yeah. that is... Um, and we've also got a lot of questions for you and for us to answer. Fantastic. I mean, it started well. Obviously, all my, my coaches have been really good to me so far. So Yeah, it's funny, yeah, isn't it? Because you're, you're one of the more, and I, I don't feel cheesy saying this, because if you were, like, if you were 
bit of a, I don't know how best to say this, a bit of a knob. I wouldn't mind saying that, but because you're a really popular guy, I thought we're going to ask people questions and they're going to be really nice about you. I think it shows how much they like you. <laughs> They've been so abusive. Yeah, it's really nice. Kevin Sorrell, Al Sarnas, and JPA Riley, a team manager. They've it's all piled like in. Negatively positive. It is, yeah, it? yeah. In a way. It's yeah. like, I feel like it's because they know me, they feel it's, it's justified. Oh, yeah, it's like saying, no offence, mate. Yeah. You're a. Can't swear on this, so um, yeah, you can swear if you want, mate. We're all we're you're all a dick, lads. yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we love you, really, yeah. Banter, uh, right? So, Tommy, Pro 12, talk to us about what you saw at the weekend. Well, um, we had a couple of derbies, so we had the Blues and the Ospreys. Um, Blues heavily beaten by the Ospreys, Ospreys were good. Oh, fire with um, them, yeah. So they, what's happening at Fly Half down at Ospreys? Yeah, well, Bigger was the man, wasn't he? Dan Bigger, I think he is still the man. Yes, he was on the bench for a youngster called Sam Davis. Yeah. Have you guys heard of him? So yeah, he's yeah. Nigel yeah. Davis's son. Nigel Davis used to play centre and he used to coach the Scarlets and obviously Gloucester. It's his yeah. son, he's playing very well at the moment. Top bloke, Nigel Davis. Actually. Yeah, very different to, to Dan Bigger, though, Sam Davis. Dan Bigger was quite pragmatic, I think, in the way he plays, mm. kicks the corners, um, organises well, great defence. But Sam Davis is young, does what he wants, really, very skillful. Um, and I think they complement each other. And I, I honestly reckon, right, come with internationals, Dan will be first choice 10, and Sam will be second choice 10. Not Priestland? No, I don't think so. Mm, okay. Um, so the Ospreys heavily won that, then we had the Scarlets and the Dragons, and Scarlets won, Liam Williams again. Um, pretty Playing good. Well. class, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that it's level, a class, yeah. above, a class above most. We had, uh, what do you have, Munster Leinster? Mm. Leinster winning. Keen Healy's back, I know you're excited about that. Yeah, yeah, love props. Getting that ball carrying going again. What was the scrummaging like in that game, mate? Um, boring. Really? Yeah. Boring in or just. Both. <laughs> Both. It was intense. Both counts. My okay. favourite moment of the Pro 12 was something that BBC, I think it's Scrum 5, tweeted, and I retweeted it if you want to have a look back. Um, it's really interesting. But they're sort of highlights from the weekend. I think it was the highlights of the um, Ospreys Cardiff game. Yeah. But someone, I've done a, I don't know which Ospreys player it was, but ran directly into. 57-year-old prop, uh, Fal Felice, and he absolutely ended him. I mean, properly ended him. And it's like, if you say, I don't, I don't want to generalise on a podcast, all right, because it's 2016 and we're all equal, but I'm sorry, if you see a massive Tongan, a 20-stone Tongan in front of you with gold teeth and he's up in his grill, run, don't run around him, like, don't run straight into him. It's like a Trevor Leonti. Mean, yeah, you know, I mean, brutal. it doesn't, you know, stupidity if you ask me. I, I can't yeah. I can't confirm that because, you know, you see someone that size, like, surely he can't move too well. But if no. you run at him, he's going to give you a forearm, just a lazy shoulder. He doesn't yeah. even mean to. He's just leaning into you, he's going to hurt. I remember so, when, when I, was, I was playing at um, Bath and it was the two loose ends were me and Dave Barnes. And we both had a bit of time on our contract, like a sort of season left on our contract. And we were the sort of guys that were just going to get rolled over and have our contracts extended and everything was fine. <clears throat> we had a couple of injuries on the tight head and they signed this guy called Fal Felice. And this huge Tongan came in, didn't say a word for like three months. And, I remember being 126 kilos, like 11% body fat, stronger than us, way fitter than us, faster than us, more skillful. And we're like, thank God he's a tight head prop. One day Barnes is injured, I get injured too. They stick Fal on the loose head and it pretty quickly transpires that he's the best loose head prop at Bath mm. and this is really awkward for me and Barnsley we're sitting in the change room after the game thinking mate one of us is out of the job and I love you mate but I want it to be you and then Car <laughs> Cardiff came along and Fowl was like Fowl didn't know that we didn't really talk about money to each other and he's like oh you know Bath only paid me this the first time I'd ever hear him speak, speak Bath only paid me this but Cardiff offered me twice as much I was like you better go mate what do you like you really should go what do you like with it, what, you know, when you're injured and you see someone else take your position are you like pretty self 
selfish and in the fact that you want the team to win, but anyone in a position to play really badly. Well, I don't, I don't mean this in a bad way, it sounds probably quite bad, but we've got a rotation policy at Saracens we've had for quite a while, but for some reason it hasn't really got as far as the you don't 15. Get rotation, really. So I haven't really had rotation. <laughs> no. so actually having a breakdown again doesn't really upset me too much, really. But No, um, no I, I sh- it sounds a bit arrogant when you say it like that. Um, it doesn't, you've played almost every game. That's but, it's obviously difficult. I, d- I hate watching, to be honest. I've yeah. bitten all my nails on the weekend. Obviously, big game, and just I'm a nightmare watching the game. Mm. I'd be a terrible coach in that sense, just because I'd be on edge the whole time. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I just don't enjoy it in that sense. You just want the boys to go out and win, have the game over with as quick as possible. Um, and to be honest, um, yeah, we, we it's a bit cheesy and everything, but everyone does get on very well here. And you know, I wanted Sean Mayton to do. As well as he could at the weekend, and he did Thought brilliantly. He played well, didn't he? Yeah, he played brilliantly, and um, a big so boy, really he's a big him. unit, powerful he's, guy. He's a tall bloke, tell you what. Dwarfs me all the time. I tell you, I don't want to run into him. I was with on the sideline with Hugo uh, Monu at the weekend, and he said something interesting about Maitland. Is you watch him warm up, and a lot of his warm up isn't sort of standard fullback or sort of ball player skills. It's athletic stuff. It's athlete stuff. So it's warming up muscles, 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 muscles. Chuck a ball around a little bit. Go in and play kind of he's sort of ath- almost like athlete first and he's quite he's quite a yeah. specimen isn't he well he is he's a brilliant athlete and he's, he's come in here and um, straight away uh, everyone's taken to him really well he's very relaxed typical kind of I say Kiwi Scottish yes. bloke um, you know typical, yeah. typical Kiwi flower, typical flower of Scott yeah. typical Scott always has flip flops really laid back yeah, yeah. you know it is yeah. can't wait to go back to Rotorua yeah. Communic- um, communicate with his eyebrows <laughs> I know the ones yeah. he, uh, but no he's been brilliant everyone's, everyone's really likes him and uh, he's a top guy and it, you know he's played every game pretty much uh, on the wing at full back and has fitted in brilliantly good bit so. of business yeah so the, the Premiership weekend was an interesting one Tommy, starting with Bath on Friday night. Did you watch that? I did. did you catch it? It was a good I did. Was... I did. Um, do you impress me? Banahan at 12. Yeah, he's playing does. Well. Like, I, I actually think he's better 12 than he is winger. Because I think he's more yeah. of a game. I think, I'm not sure how fast he is now. Um, he's probably incredibly fast, but um, he's so big. You need to utilise him, i say, mm. more at 12. Um, but him and Joseph back as well. He, no, yeah, I, I kind of watched it from one end and prop, props, it's a weird, props tend to like watching from the touchline sides because you can see the scrums better, right? But actually, if you really want to see the shape of the game, you're better off watching it end on as a rule. And I watched it end on through necessity because that's where the corporate boxes were, really, and, the, and, the free, and the free pints were there. Um, but I watched it end on and Jonathan Joseph, we kind of know about his decision-making in attack, as you, you know, Shanks often says about him, he's just got, when he, whether to pass, run, kick, retain the ball, he just rarely makes errors. But in defence... He's, a, he's not a big bloke, but in defence, he looked fantastic at the weekend. You, um, I think it's quite an underrated part of his game, to be honest. Mm. Uh, people think, oh, he's, you know, he's all about the, the outside break, you know, the footwork, yeah. you know, scoring tries, etc. I think he's a brilliant defender. One, because he reads it very well, and you know, as 13s, you have to be very good at reading yeah. the play, because it's the hardest place to defend. Um, you know, so much movement well, Why is 13 so hard to defend, then? Um, I think, I think it's, part, it's a bit wider out. You have to have the pace first and foremost mm. um, to move off. But secondly, there's always so much motion there. So, you know, first sort of 10, 12, you can go up pretty hard and square and, and shut things off. 13, you, you've, got to, you've got to either come in with the 12, you've got to be able to hold off. There's usually extra numbers there. So you have to be able to just sort of, say, swim off, just hold by the time, by the time, get to the next man. Um, and also, you're dealing with usually some of the best athletes in the wingers, fullbacks out there who, mm. who are obviously... Live-wise, but um, the two things that impressed me are: firstly, is, is reading the game and defence, and secondly, he's got these 
it sounds really stupid. He's got really long arms, and yeah, um, yeah. he he's, he never really seen miss tackles. You know, oh. he never necessarily put dominant hits in, but he never misses tackles, and he always reaches mm. out. He gets people, and he's a brilliant defender in that sense because the winger always knows that he can just wait for JJ to use yeah. his pace and get there, and he can get the next man. He's fairly yeah. aggressive, I think. Yeah, he is. Yeah, well. he's not the biggest, but. Punches his weight, he really does good. Punch very well. well. One thing I noticed about Bath at the weekend was the speed of ball Photo Elite is getting from the breakdown, and that's obviously a lot to do with the defence, of course. But it's it was so fast. There were times when the Bath back line were barely in position to receive the ball, and it's bouncing out. Now that's impressive itself. But you guys at Saracens dealt with the most potent attack in the Premiership so far last weekend in Wasps. But if you're playing, you're at the back at fullback, and you're playing against a team that's getting that sort of quick ball. Why is that so hard to defend against? I think when, when teams get quick ball, um, no matter what f- defence you, you run, whether it be a softer drift or you know hard up defence, it doesn't allow you to reset and you end up just naturally being close to the ball. Um, you're always on the back foot, going backwards, and you can't get off the line. So the team's just constantly going forward, forward, forward. And then eventually you run out of numbers. So mm. it is, and it's disorganised. So you can get caught on outside shoulders, people on your inside, running lines. Um, and the advantage is with the attack. Unlike if you can slow the ball up a bit and then you get everyone set and you've got a, you know, a, long, a big line there, you can get off the line, go and be the uh, aggressors basically as defence and, and win that gain line, which you know, gets talked about all the time, but it's such a massive part of it. If you can knock the opposition team back behind the gain line yeah. and invariably slow the ball up a bit, then they have to put more numbers into the breakdown. Mm-hmm. You put less in and you go and get them and get them again. And, it's a pretty simplistic thing, but it's uh, it's important. When you're at 15, um, you seem excited here. Yeah, it's really excited. He's really Big question, eh? Go on, see Hang he's on. Grinning really, yeah. and he's dribbling a little. Um, he does yeah. That. What's your what's your funniest story? Make it funny. Um, so you're 15, and you get to see more of the game, I suppose, than, than most people. That information you're then feeding into your centres or your tens, is it mostly to do with attack and where you see their space or is it mostly to do with defence and where you see sort of the opposition attack? Um, I think it's, um, it's changed a bit. I mean, I'm, I'm quite um, vocal anyways. Actually, I've played a lot of ten. Hence the nickname Drone, yeah? Yeah, probably a bit chopsy. People get a bit annoyed with me constantly droning on to, to everyone. Um, but um, I, I, th- I think it matters for both senses really yeah. so in attack you have to be the guy who's coming around talking to the 10 I, I see that as you know your centres will do that but having had some experience at 10 my mm. job is to make it as easy as possible for Owen Farrell Alex um, Lewoski uh, as much as possible just tell them where the space is tell them what's happening organise the guys outside them and, and mm. be a massive part of the, the attack shape but in defence, I think the roles change for a fullback. Um, you're becoming a bit more like a, you say, like a rugby league fullback, organising people in place. It's not just the nines who do that, no. because so many teams now have nine in the front line. So you have to be able to put people in place, or get around the corner, Billy Fold, George Crew, whatever it is, and you have to be able to see where the danger is and talk to them and so be there. The nines eyes. aren't sweeping like they used to. But they are. They are in a lot of uh, times. But sometimes you get on your own line. You need as many yeah. men in the front line, and they'll be there half the time. And and also sometimes they'll be on one side of the field and you'll be on the other side so I think the role of a 15 you can't just be quiet and hope it sorts, it sorts itself out you have to be telling the wingers to go get them that you're covering yeah. them you have to be telling people you've you got to chip you can't the back catch balls yeah I mean, look, it looks like you're just sort of hanging around waiting, does, yeah. waiting for some mates to join you yeah, you're a bit yeah. of a loner but um, yeah I think the certainly the communication side is a big part of it and um, you know they probably get annoyed with me the wingers here but hopefully they know that I'm there at least yeah um, 
Quinn's registered uh, a really impressive victory at the weekend and they've mm. kind of been up and down. You know, they're a great result against you guys a couple of weeks ago. They defended fantastically that day. Northampton seemed to have... They haven't had the best start to the season, but they seem to have a real off day last weekend against Queens. They really didn't produce any opportunities when compared with the first five weeks. Um, but I, I'm just I'm interested in the kind of interpositional dynamic between people because you know um, Mike Brown is the guy who kind of has that England shirt, carrying mm-hmm. that 15 shirt that of course you want. And you know the guys I was competing against, like Trevor Woodman, for example, ruined my life. Um, <laughs> He stole my life and got a bit, made it better and took it for himself. But we're still really good. Laugh we're, 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 you laughing, are you? Yeah, I should laugh at that. We're, 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 st- we're still actually good mates, believe it or not. We're roomies on tour and he just... Um, he mentions them every week. He's not, yeah, props he's, are like that, aren't they? You he's like always get on well with each other. Best friend and nemesis. Yeah, he's a... They don't um, shower. Yeah, I know. We're, we're odd guys. Same but pants. We're, we're all very close. But uh, he's, he's not going to pants, mate. Yeah. I just, yeah, oh, yeah, we're going to get, get on to that, don't worry. Um, but I want to know about you and you and Mike Brown. Are you, you don't have to be best mates and having coffees together, but you, what's that dynamic like? Are you, uh, do you watch the Quinns games and just solely focus on that, you know? No, I, I don't really... Um, I try... People won't believe me. Like, you know, we won't be, like, um, best mates and go for beers or, you know, coffees outside rugby. But then, you know, I wouldn't do that with necessarily... Team, team, teammates from other other That's teams, or you know, even teammates yes. elsewhere. Yeah, I would happily do it with you guys. You know, I, well, I, we'd have a great time. I don't know why we haven't got coffees here. To be honest, we're staying at yours tonight. I thought. Yeah, you're more than welcome. Yeah, I'll tell the missus to go home. She stays. Do you know what? I mean, before you. Are we, we, we going to go? We're going to go down this route. Oh, no, no, we'll come back to this. We'll come no, back we'll to come this. Back. Yeah. Every, everyone said. I'm not going to name any names, but pretty much your entire coaching staff said. Get on Instagram, find pictures of his girlfriend. He's so proud of her because she's so fit. Oh, he's the only player that can actually expense a holiday. <laughs> I like to clarify, honestly. I, I, I don't mind it because it deflects from me because I yeah. get enough abuse as it is. But half the meetings the coaches put up, and they're very lazy with this, they'll get pictures to emphasize a point of my message. It's not play on. I want to report them to HR, but apparently we don't, we don't have that here at this club. No, no HR and um, rugby, mate. You're nah, digging. I'm, I'm not happy about it, but then I think about it and go wow it would be a picture of me looking pretty minging so I'll take that you know yeah, yeah, maybe I should be right. proud I should be happy yeah you're alright so yeah. brownie but back to it yeah brownie yeah. deflected there um, no I think um, you know we get on well in camp like um, like anything you have to work together quite a lot of the time there's been times when he's been on the wing I've been at fullback mm. and um, you know international rugby as much as you are very competitive with each other and you know I'm desperate to play and would love to play and, and brownie obviously um, wants to play and play every minute himself um, you have to get along and work together as much as possible and you can't be you know, knifing each other in the back or you know, conniving yeah. to each other it doesn't, just doesn't function and um, I think you know, to be fair you said the, the culture the teamwork is, that boys have bought, bought into at England at the moment is, is fantastic and um, everyone's there just trying to get better and better and want to improve the whole time so uh, I said like, I don't think anyone in the same position will you know, hang out no. Like, re- religiously with each mm. other but um, there's no um, spite or anger towards each other we're just very yeah, competitive nice. people who want to play alright so the scenario is okay. you're on a train to Scotland okay. from London yeah, first class yeah or standard obviously. ok obviously. just check in um, uh, the carriage is full mm-hmm. there's two seats left one yeah. at the front one at the back Eddie Jones is in the seat at the front Mike Brown seat at the back what are those two seats do you go for? I go for the Mike Brown one every time. <laughs> Why? Yeah. Why? Eddie, Eddie likes to fall asleep a lot. <laughs> Having seen him uh, have a few naps before at Surrey's, um, I'd go at the back, you know. 
you, but you, but you, and, and at least me and Brownie could, you know, play some cards or do something, you know. Gotcha. I reckon it's all more relaxed here. Yeah. I've been with Eddie, it's a test, isn't it? Oh, yeah, okay. oh, that's it, yeah. yeah it's it, they probably have to have a form which said, you know, Goody, rate yourself on uh, <laughs> high balls in, and, I'll, and I'll say where I come in that bracket and what I thought of you. You know, oh, yeah. does he think I'm good or not? And you, know, you start panicking. That's funny, mate, because I've got you as a three out of ten. Yeah, oh, I put myself as a nine. Well, that's a bit weird, isn't it? <laughs> Back myself a bit too heavily there. Right, that's probably why I'm not being picked. Yeah, Brownie's a nine, mate. <laughs> you, mate. Yeah, oh, but you, what you could do is sit at the front, um, spike Brownie's drink. Um, is Brownie at the front or the back? Sit with Brownie, spike, spike his drinks, make his coffees Irish, and then go and sort of sit with Eddie and tuck Brownie at how drunk he was on the drink. I mean, that's just what I'd do. Or you just, yeah, do the dumb and dumb and just lob the salt at Eddie. And it's got this, <laughs> and he comes back, it's yeah, going, oh, in the air. Yeah, just guy, point at Brownie, guy. point, point, point. Yeah, you really wussed out, man. Uh, rugby championship briefly it's, it's not boring it's wonderful but it, New Zealand winning so relentlessly is kind of a bit Michael Schumacher now isn't it 17 wins on the bounce equal the record I think they held already with yeah. South Africa there you go, um, they'll fist through that won't they every time they take the field you just think well they're going to win yeah and okay um, Goody would you have Dan Carter in his prime or Bowden Barrett right now um, I would have Dan Carter still um, I, I will temper a little bit of and it sounds I don't know, negative. Um, I, I think the All Blacks have been phenomenal mm. and they have obviously been incredible in this tournament. Um, but I don't think teams have really put concerted pressure on them enough. Um, watching the South African game of the weekend a bit, I felt as if you, you can go in and sometimes you feel as if teams just want to play a bit of damage limitation. Um, and I think the only way you can go after New Zealand is you, you can't really match them for skills. They're obviously you know, 1 to 15 yeah. brilliant ball players. But you have to be aggressive with them and put them under pressure and go after them as much as possible. And, you know, we, the only time, um, one time I played against them, two times I played against them, once we beat them, uh, England, was we went after them again and again and again. And there were times when people said, oh, there's three more men outside, they might have got the ball away. But if you go after a team aggressively mm. and you put them under pressure, teams will crack and they will make mistakes. And the All Blacks will make the odd mistake. And you have to just keep going with them, keep going with them. And I think South Africa allowed them too much from what I saw to just play on them and just wait for them to do do everything and you will get beaten easily then was that yeah. the year um, I think uh, Manu Tulang scored a try yeah 2-12 yeah. yeah, we, um, we played in the week before Wales and we were getting food poison oh I appreciate that was that the time you tried to beat him with your tracksuits yeah we tried to beat him with our tracksuits back in 2004 our team manager Alan Phillips had his really good thumper idea. yeah thumper yeah. often sound like Michael Flatley because he had these little metal bits on his shoes so <laughs> It's like you're Brenner in Westworld. <laughs> you could hear him coming a mile off. Anyway, we had obviously we had all these map computers, all this analysis. You could look at in every individual player. Um, you could look at every facet of the game. But we thought the only way we're going to beat them is with traction tops because obviously they do the hacker at the start of the game and you know they're, they're pumped up for it. We thought what we'd do is we'd walk out for the anthems with our traction tops. We'd sing the anthems with our traction tops. We'd stand on the ten meter line, our ten meter line. And we let them do the hacker, and after we just walk really slowly, like oh, pigeon yeah. steps, yeah. to the side of the field, take off our traction tops, because that really messed them up. Take the steam out of them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, now we lost, mate. Forty-one-three. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, like, there's two moments of the game. One was um, Stephen Jones's penalty for that three points, right on the top. What a feeling! Yeah, yeah. You know, we're high-fiving a lot. And the other was Ali Williams. Um, Caught the ball in his 22, and you don't really expect a second row to kick too much. Put in a perfect spiral from his 22 to our 22, bounced out, 
And he just found myself clapping. Three cheers for Andy Williams. Yeah. Oh, it's all got autographs at half time, isn't it? Yeah. Your little bum tap as he went past. Yeah, oh, well done, yeah, mate. Yeah, yeah, Proud yeah. of that. Obviously. Yeah, he said, shut up, Alfie. <laughs> um, in terms of the, you talk about your prep for the All Blacks. We're, kind of, we're, dri- we're drifting from subject to subject, but who cares? Because we start podcast, we can do it like. But you at Saracens, you guys. Uh, so before you played Wasps last weekend, that was kind of it's only round six, but it was kind of billed as the match of the season, if not the match of the season so far at least. And before the game, I kind of had an, an, a feeling that um, this was the most fluid, aggressive attack coming up against a defence that would squash it. And that's exactly how it turned out. So apart from one moment of brilliance where Cipriani sort of, he goose-stepped and went around Billy Vunapola, who was magnificent pretty much all day except for that. Um, Apart from that moment, Wasp didn't really look like cutting you boys apart very much. And I want to know about your preparation for games like that in particular, because you did it to Bath in the final two seasons ago. They were tearing everyone to shreds, but... You absolutely shut them down. So in those weeks leading up to those games, is it look like do what we've always done or is there a special emphasis on the opposition and how you're going to, how you're going to deal with it? I, I don't think um, preparation is, is key to us. Like we, we talk about it a lot and we, we like to be very prepared for games. You know, we, we make no bones about that. Um, I think we've got a mentality of we've got a lot of big game players at the club who have mm. played in big games, international games. We've got a lot of experience and... And that does help you because a lot of team sports is about minimising mistakes in those environments. And I thought the boys that we came were phenomenal at that. Or if there was a, a minor setback, the reaction of the boys to just get back on task and win that ball back or get the momentum back, as people like to talk about. Um, you know, you're playing a team like Wasps and you know, people would love for us to try and go toe-to-toe with them and chuck the ball around everywhere and you know, try and play like they play or play like the All Blacks. But you've got to play to your strengths and, and play on people's weaknesses as much as possible. Mm. Now, you know, it makes sense for me that Christian Wade is unbelievably gifted if you give him space and he will run rings around you. And that's what gives me sleepless nights is yeah. a 15-metre channel on my own with him. Like, yeah. I mean, who wants that? Mm. But you put a ball on his head. Now, he isn't the biggest. Then someone like Chris Wiles, Mike Ellery, you know, tall guys, as we saw from the weekend, were very effective at winning those high-ball collisions um, and getting the ball back and getting some on the front foot. Um, that's just a minor part of it. And, you know, I think really what set the tone was just the physicality of the team. 1-15, to 15, I thought we were dominant in the, in the contact exchanges. And anyone who's played rugby knows if you win the contact zone and you get the game line, you're going to go a long way to winning the game. It's 1-15, to 15, you're right, in physicality. And we're quite surprised with Alex Lazowski and how mm. physical he is. I mean, mm. can you give us a little bit about him? Because we've seen him on the last sort of five, six weeks. And he's just, every game gets better and better. And... He's not the biggest bloke, but you know you Tough see him holding up Jimmy Gopeth, turning the ball Smash over. Smashing Hughes oh, as well. Yeah. 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 I, I was um, unbelievably impressed with Alex again. Uh, he's gone from strength to strength every week, and I think a sign of a, a top player is someone who's just willingness to learn and get mm. better. And he'd be the first to admit he probably didn't think he was going to play that much at the start of the year, but you know the, the, the hand that he was dealt, he's done magnificently well in it. And every week comes in, just wants to get better, wants to lead the team, and. I think, you know, he'll be, again, the first to admit there's been mistakes, but his effort to just work so hard, like the GPS stats, he's running further than everyone pretty much. Mm. He's defensively putting a huge shift in, and we saw it in big collisions at the weekend. Yeah, These are big boys, he? no, he's not, and he wants to put himself in there. Um, and then he's controlled the team and moved us around brilliantly. Um, 
So I, I can't speak more highly for the guy. He's, he's come in and been fantastic. It's quite an interesting one, Goody, because you, with you dropping out of fullback with a knock, knowing Farrell not fit yet, you're kind of that having, having what you'd almost call two tens on the field, whether it's you know you and Owen or even Lazowski perhaps and Owen and you, there are, then you've got three almost tens on the guys that can stand in at first receiver and control a game. Then suddenly you've only got one and you've got a midfield which is kind of more beef than anything else and was hugely effective again at the weekend. But you, most teams would ride, would struggle with, you know, would struggle with that, and only having one recognised ten in the twenty-three. But Saracens don't seem to struggle with rotation and the odd injury and players missing games. What? Why is that? Why are you so robust as a squad? I think first and foremost we, we've got confidence in everyone who comes in, and we throughout the year people play throughout. It's not just a oh there's an injury and mm. someone from first fifteen's out and someone else comes in and they're a bit a bit rusty or something like that. People are constantly coming in the whole way, you look at Brits and um, Jamie George, you look at um, Juan Figueroa and uh, Pietro Stupacy, just to name a few, Rhodes and Jackson Ray, just, just mm. a couple, you know, and, and I think that just speaks volumes, you know, people are prepared, they're ready, and, and more than anything, we just believe in this, you know, the group just work incredibly hard for each other and putting a huge shift in, and two people I thought were outstanding at the weekend were Richard Wigglesworth, his kicking display was brilliant, oh, and marshalled everyone, and you notice, you're talking about two of the, you know, the, the quickest and liveliest scrum halves in you know, Northern Hemisphere, in Simpson and Robson, and they were quiet, and he nullified them massively. And Brad Barrett was phenomenal um, yeah, in you know making yards in contact, break, making breaks, constantly giving us go forward and defensively. So strong, you know, so brave as well. Him. So yeah, I think um, it was a performance. It was was brilliant from the group. And you know, people will say, oh, we didn't score great tries, but we got a bonus point against a team that's been flying, a top side who, you know, last year and this year's defence has been very good as much as their attack and you know, it speaks volumes and we know we can still get better and improve. Two things, Petrus de Passy, mm-hmm. is he on an advert on TV? Yeah, <laughs> yes, Haribo. Yeah. Haribo, yeah. yeah. He, says he, hasn't, he, he says he hasn't got any Haribo out of it yet. Really? Probably, I think that's probably I mean, you, the conditioning get, staff don't want him to have it. Like yeah. How'd you get a gig like that? Because I'd love to do like an advert for, for milk or something like that. Well, <laughs> 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 milky bar kid. You could be the milky bar you could, Or the milky bar dad. Milky bar dad. Or, yeah, well, it's funny you, you mention him. He is actually in a film as well. If you go on Pitch to see IMDB, he has got a page. Really? Yeah, look it up. He's so proud of it. This probably won't. This probably won't go out on the uh, the podcast now, will it? Um, no, he was in. Um, I can't remember the film it's called, but he was a bouncer, um, okay. and he also does a part-time gig as Boroslav. Boroslav, yeah, you know Boroslav yeah, from Eastern Bloc. Yeah, did, was he not in Taken with you on that uh, one? Yeah, he might, be, he might be with me on that. Yeah, Taken, one of the henchmen. But I've, I did a, I hosted a dinner uh, for Jacques Berger and yes. um, and Schubert early this year at their sort of retirement dinner and he did a he sort of came out as Boris Lab and it's worth YouTubing that really he's, he's a funny oh. man well it's basically a prop forward in not great shape um, yeah. and he's wearing what is he wearing with like red a, pants yeah really small red pants without the sort of natural Libro cape but he's yeah. a really he's a really objectionable friend sexy friend from <laughs> Eastern Bloc I'm sure he's in I'm sure he came up to see Reese Gill who used to play here yep. from Cardiff they're buddies aren't they yeah and, last uh, week he came in with a pair of cowboy boots on into the clubhouse yeah. That, that would make sense. Spurs yeah. on. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's great. He's great, mate. And a Pepsi t-shirt. There's, there was a... there was Because he used to... I don't know if he still got it, but when I first came here, there was this really awesome... I love cars, and there was this really nice Porsche 911 Turbo in the car park. And I was who's that? Oh, it's Paris, and that's what they call Petrus Duplessis, right, yeah. isn't it? And apparently, he showed the boys how fast it was. 
lost control of it and went into a field. <laughs> pretty <laughs> much. Wall, just over here. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, he's, he's not, you know, he's not great in that sense. He, he's very proud of it, shows everyone and has a crash. Sort of sums him up, really. <laughs> um, but on re-skill, actually, how's yeah. his hair looking? Mate. Fantastic, isn't it's it? A, it's a lot better. Do you know what? It's way better. He's had the job, hasn't he? Do you know what they used to call way him? Uh, Carla, he's back there now, but when he was growing up, they called him Mango. <laughs> because, because he, Gethin Jenkins, it's called Melon, and he looked yeah. exactly like <laughs> Melon, but a bit smaller. So his nickname was Mango. It's done him wonders, really, coming here for a few years and going back. And he was, he was brilliant. Yeah. brilliant. He'll, be, he'll be first choice there. Yeah. Do you know what? what, what I've missing here as well. He's a top, he, top fella. Good bloke. He's a good bloke. And uh, well, something, when you talk about that, we may, I remember Shanks, you telling me ages ago, and I can't quite remember who it was, but I just, because we, as we walked in, I saw uh, Vincent Cock, the tight head prop that you guys have signed, a staff can prop, and that's all great, top player and all that. But it remind, as soon as I said it, I thought I made a mental note to... Re- Get Shanks to remind me about an injury from one of your Welsh mates. Was it Daffod Jones? Daff Jones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. James Jones? You speak Welsh, well done. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Didn't he? Didn't um, he? I remember everyone talks about the Buck Shelford getting his, his nuts split or whatever, yeah. and that's horrible, but there was a worse one, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, I don't know how. I don't know. I've never, I've never seen Bucks. Um, he was coach at Sales, I tried to see it, but he didn't shower with us. Um, <laughs> Because of his rig, his rig was terrible, he couldn't shake. But yeah, Dav, Dav Jones used to play back row for Scarlets, played a, a few times for Wales. We played, we were playing against New Zealand out in Hamilton, and he, he got caught up in a, some sort of ruck or more, and there's a penalty, and as you're walking back to get in a position, he's like, Shanks, Shanks, I think I, I, think I split my nuts. <laughs> and because uh, he, he put his hand down there, there's a bit of blood on the end of the thing. And I, I didn't know what to say, so first thing I said was, can I have a look? <laughs> So, <laughs> so he pulls it open. It's not his nuts. It's like the base of his John Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what can we call it? Shaft. Let's call it Vincent Cock. Let's call it his Vincent Cock. Shaft. Oh, shaft. Okay. shaft. It's a film, so that's he's, yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, yeah. Got a, he's got a, a slit uh, at the base of his shaft of about two, two and a half inches, and there's blood everywhere. Uh, the only thing I could describe it as would be like like a stick of rhubarb. <laughs> and it is horrific. God, got pictures in his body. <laughs> to be fair to him, he carries on, he carries on till half time and then she is tough boy. goes in and the doctor then at half time stitches it all up, puts a bit of a cortisone in there. Bet you were watching it. <laughs> yeah. Of course I was. Can I, you can know, I, can I do it? Mate, he's so good at stitching. Shanks is such a watcher, mate. He's such a watcher. I, yeah. At one stage I could tell a whole Welsh team just by looking at their parts. <laughs> if they're married, if they were Single. Um, How can you tell if they're married or not? Bush. <laughs> George W. Uh, okay, Bush. Yeah. Yeah. Just stop bothering. Uh, they stop bothering. Yeah. Uh, well, look, if you can't Comfort, look at another man's, eh? if you can't look at another man's parts in the shower, there's something wrong with you. <laughs> so, are you are you of the sort of view that any man who showers with pants you can't trust? They won't allowed, be allowed to shower with me. Oh, you enforce it, do you? And I tell you what, Goody, he's stronger than he looks, old chap. Okay, so so this this reminds me a bit of uh, Jeff Parling. He's, uh, I mean, he won't be happy me mentioning this, but he had been known for up in Newcastle. He's pretty similar, inclined like you are. Had been known to enforce the the pants in the shower to the point where he'd go into the academy change room, 
not that he's a groomer, and make sure... <laughs> Groomsy. Make, make sure... Oh, I've got that in the name as well, actually. <laughs> Recently, for helping Groomsy. out the academy, eh? God, being a mentor. <laughs> a terrible bloke that I am. Yeah. Groomsy. <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, Jeff is a, gro- a groomer. Not that I do it in showers. Quickly deviating. Yeah. And he would make sure that they all took their pants off. I said, no, nah, you need to make sure you do it properly. And, and Mickey Young has been scarred for, this, for life since. You know Mickey, obviously. Yeah, he likes to be called Michael Young now. Oh, right? does he? Yeah, he's I mean, to be fair to him, he's got a, a, good, a, good, a good size on him, apparently. But, uh, I am sure, of course, yeah. I let him show the pants and I just ask him for a look. Stav Jones had stitches. Did he? Yeah, oh. seven stitches. Oh. Went around twice. <laughs> <laughs> he, did. he did. Horrific. Oh, I remember, I remember being in the, um, in the bath at Sarri's, the old Sarri's training ground years ago, Goody, and um, all of us were in the bath, and this young lad who was training with us, he wasn't that, he was like 18, 19, he'd driven himself to training, so he's like, he's a grown-up and all that. He walks into the changing room, and he's, he hasn't, he's not wearing his pants, but he's facing like right into the corner in the showers, like the other side of the showers room to us. Who cares? Like, if you're embarrassed, who cares? Like, you be yourself, you know, whatever. And um, Chris Chesney didn't feel that way, but he goes, oi, oi. Turn around, why are you in the corner? Turn around, mate. Show us what you made of, son. There's this poor kid. I said, Ches, leave him alone, mate. Come on, son, we all made the same. Show us what you made of. And he's, he's like winking at the boys, and we're all saying, Ches, don't be horrible, mate. He's just a young, he's a young player, like, whatever. And in the end, he's like, go on, turn around, go on. This is, he turns around, and oh my God. <laughs> it turned out he was facing the corner to make us all feel a bit better. It was like, holy <laughs> my baby's arm. Uh, it, was, it was bad times. Ches, yeah, Ches stayed in the bath for half an hour. I said, uh, he was road. Yeah, Bramley Road. Yeah. I, I, I do miss the the, uh, the old bar. So I only had a little bit of a like a two year period when I was sort of sixteen and uh, old school clubs. Uh, Bramley but, Road. Well, oh. I didn't really go to Bramley Road. I was a bit a bit too young for that. Sorry. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry mate. But sorry. Um, but no, I just think they're brilliant concepts. They were. You know, again, social, uh, sounding like they? a groomer. I just think it's very social <laughs> after a game. You know, I used to love a bar. I mean, yeah. At Bramley Road, we used to have a kitchen. So a little kitchen, much like this clubhouse here, and there'd be a chef and someone to help the chef out, and then was. Tracy. Oh, Tracy, okay. yeah. yeah. So, I don't know if you would have heard of her. I, she... I, I don't know Tracy. We had Tony up here, who was, who well, was also good so with the tips and horses. Oh. Is that male, is that <laughs> male or female, that. Tony? It was a male. Okay. <laughs> well, Tracy was middle-aged, um, looked a little bit like Cat Slater, probably. Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's weird. Um, <laughs> and she used, to, she, used to, she used to help out with all the, all the cooking and putting the food out and stuff. We also had a player at the time called Kenzuki Urobuchi. Okay, <laughs> Kenny, so, I have heard of him. Yeah, right so he yeah. used to play for Japan. We were sponsored by Kenwood. He was he over at Plants House. He's not a bad player, actually. You're good. He lovely was, bloke. He slept, he slept like a cat, mate. 25 <laughs> hours a day he slept. He was studying at Oxford or Cambridge. Anyway, on the way back from training, I was with Kevin Sorrell, um, one of your coaches here. Disgraceful coach. Yes. Always looks like he's got a comedy nose to me, Kev, but he's going to pull it off at some point. And guess who? Yeah. yeah, guess who? Yeah. yeah. And a cat's arse mouth. And the cat, he's got a cat, he's got a tea towel holder for he, he a mouth. He does Yeah, that, he does. He does it every meeting. So he's driving, I'm in the car, and I think, right, let's, let's call Tracy now. So we call Tracy on the phone because there's a phone into the kitchen. Who is this? You and who? Me and Kevin Sock. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. driving, I'm on the phone because he obviously can't drive and go on the phone. Of course he can't. Don't incriminate him. No. Um, and she answers the phone and she's like, hello? I'm like, that. Hello, Tracy. I said, Ken. And she's like, oh, Hi, Ken. You alright? I was like, Yeah, Tracy. Um, can you tell me what for dinner? And she goes, Oh, Ken, it's um, noodles with chicken. And I went like this, Oh, noodle. We love noodle. Right. <laughs> <laughs> then, 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 
Tracy, and I'm like laughing, so I have to break it, break off. And I go, Tracy, I'm gonna do naughty stuff with chopstick, and I wanna dance with you all night. Right? And, then, and then I'm gone, I'm gone, so I hand the phone to, hand the phone back to Kevin, and all I can hear is, you know what you can do with a chopstick, don't you? And uh, <laughs> he was gutted. He was obviously the most unassuming, quiet bloke ever, and... Uh, Sex pest from that moment. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you did tell him about it then? You didn't just let him walk into the canteen well, she, and get chopstick to the head or something by a She was a little bit... She, well, she would chase people around the kitchen with a, with a knife and stuff like that. Let's so. just say, we love Trace. Let's just say you're as likely to have fag ash in your chilli as you were seasonal. <laughs> <laughs> Real, really good season, eh? Yeah, right, we, ha- we have to get back to summer results, and we also touched on Quins and Northampton. Oh, back to the road. We still yes. about yeah. Yeah. Sorry. A um, little bit lucky, I think. Quins with their first try. Alafoa looked like it was. Alofa, you mean Alofa, Alofa? Alofa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. How'd you say it? Alofa. <laughs> <laughs> I love this. Alofa. You still got the Japanese voice on. Alofa, hello. Who is she and why do you love her? <laughs> Wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> you, you thought there was a bit of crossing in there. Uh, didn't you? Yeah, a little bit of obstruction. I think Nick, uh, Nick uh, Evans runs behind one of the dummy runners, um, takes out two Northampton players. Yeah, I'm just going to try, but need a little bit of luck. But Northampton didn't really offer much in attack. Pretty poor discipline. Mm. Struggling really a little bit, and they have done for two or three years. Yeah, I think. yeah. It's funny they're not quite. They're not quite hitting it, are they? Up at Northampton. I don't know if it's necessarily something to worry about, but they're not quite. It's not clicking, is it? Well, I think three years ago they won the Premiership, so that's a bit harsh. <laughs> no, no, but since, no, but since, <laughs> since then, yeah. what do you mean? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> but they're, they're still one of those teams that they they have one good run against, one good run out and score a bonus point next week. Suddenly they're back in form, they've got a big pack. Louis mm. Picamore's doing all sorts of damage. They've got a really good front five. Do you know what? I, they're the sort of team that could actually beat anybody. So, I don't know, if you're, if you're a Saints fan, you're probably quite frustrated at the moment, but I just I don't know if I'd be worried. You probably said, I think... Um, Two sides. I think uh, Saints are a quality side, and they will get there. Um, like they've had a few injuries, a few key personnel, and you know, like it's just it's early in the season, and they're the sort of team that can get a good run on and really keep going, and, mm-hmm. and a team that away from home can be very good. Um, yeah. I guess that the issue for Quinns is that they're worried about their home form. I mean their away form. Sorry, mm-hmm. they they played brilliantly against us at home. They did, obviously played very well. Um, this week again it's more away from home for them they just need to get some consistency I guess um, but maybe with Nick Evans back that will help them a lot and obviously they're general yeah um, missed the first kick in front of the post man. I can believe that but class underground a week <laughs> unbelievable <laughs> class player made a mistake did he do the kick in here because I know that at some point the ball got tossed to Kev Sorrell which was a oh, real oh scary thought because oh, I've seen videos and spoken to Kieran Bracken who has openly said he was told he had to tap and go anywhere outside the 22 because Kev had less than the pitching wedge range. We had to have a competition. Kev, Kev and whoever won the kicking competition out on the park was the kicker for the weekend. And you lost to Kev. I didn't even partake. <laughs> um, really low. Yeah, I, I didn't fancy it at all. But no, Kev, um, he had a, a nice 9 iron. I suppose, actually, no, it wasn't. It was more like a. 60 degree wedge <laughs> yeah. I suppose he would just chip him over yeah. the touchline was as far away as he could but I, all he, I he, about, he didn't like touchline he just said nah someone no, else no, all I remember about Kev kicking wasn't the place kicking <laughs> Kev saw punting like, ta- kicking out of hand he, he used to chuck the ball up in the air before he kicked it like everyone used to call him Pat Jennings because he's like a, <laughs> like a goalkeeper it was like it was, he used to chuck it up in the air and wait for it to come down he didn't drop it onto his boot 
and he had like size 12 feet, he's only like 5'10". Size 12. size 12 feet that are about an inch and a half wide. They were like school rulers, his feet. Always icing his shin after the game as well. <laughs> 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 what. So what's your story about Kev? Well, it was a rugby-related story. I thought we'd, we'd keep it clean because... Yeah, feel free. I can't bring in yeah. the family life of Kev. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you should ask Kev about when he played on the wing. He got picked on the wing just the once and um, basically a special teams pick. We were playing <laughs> Gloucester and it was Vinacola playing on the wing. And I think, Eddie, I think it was Eddie thought, I don't think Brent Russell will, will deal with Vinacola that well. So why don't we do, you know, who's our, one of our best defenders? Oh, Kev. Why don't we put Kev on the wing and do a man-marking job on Vinacola? And uh, Kev is, you know, likes to think of himself as quite a humble guy. You know, humility and all that is part of the, the culture here at the club. But we went ahead and scored um, with... 20 minutes to go or something like that and Kev is seen tapping Ryan Lamb on the head like rubbing it in um, Nick Wood's face like giving it to Ollie Morgan yeah nicest guy in rugby Ollie Morgan yeah. giving it to them like going mad and to be fair he played pretty well every time um, we hadn't moved the ball to his wing at any stage but we were kicking on Vinokola and Kev was just there waiting for him to catch it hanging onto his shoelaces and um, he'd, he'd been speed bumped a few times but he'd slowed him up enough and yeah. he was thinking he'd done yeah. a good job for the day but with five minutes to go, they did a, a move out wide and um, there was a bit of a mix-up and I think Kev slipped off a tackle and they went through and scored. And sure enough, the whole back line was in Kev's face, <laughs> giving it to him, rubbing his face. <laughs> Brian Lamb stood over him for about five minutes <laughs> telling him off until the ref basically said, you have to go and do the kick, Brian Lamb. Um, and yeah, Kev's remembered that as a very good life lesson to pass on to did his children. Did you know his first ever appearance for Saracen's first team? Um, he was on the bench and it was a tactical substitution just after half time. He comes on, he then gets tactically substituted off <laughs> after 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've not never known a player to be subbed on and subbed off um, with no injury or anything like that. He's like, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Yeah. No, you're coming off. You're mate. not, mate. <laughs> no, incredible. Oh, incredible, brilliant. The best, the best decoy runner in uh, Premiership history, I reckon. Yeah, since Tom oh, Shanton. I, I, I was pretty good at it, mate. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we've got to go uh, through Leicester, Worcester, not much really to talk nah, about. Like, bar one, incredible try. Toulouse Veynou, um, amazing try from another world. Happy try season. He's, he's a brilliant Already. runner, isn't he? He is, uh, he's awesome. I think um, it's incredible that he, he came on over on a trial, no contract, no one seemed to want him, but... You know, his footwork is unbelievable. It's crazy, he, isn't it? he does he's also very strong for a little guy. He's got great balance, so he gets a good handoff in there. Mm. Um, you know, real sort of gem and um, can get through any defence. Exeter v Gloucester and twenty seven all Gloucester again. What they was they were twenty seven fourteen up with twenty minutes to go. Yeah, you win those, don't you? You do win those. Uh, yeah, Exeter are a brilliant side and they will always be strong at home and come back in that sense um, but I think you know Gloucester will be disappointed um, they were ahead like that you want to close out that game um, we're going we're gonna to do something out of this like moment of the week okay. we're going to introduce we? this in yeah because we can do what we want basically that's true because yeah, Michelle's not here okay. yeah, who's our agent and looks after <laughs> all of this um, it's good that Flatts knows about this already she, she would have stopped this half an hour ago This <laughs> yeah, it's not to her level but anyway, she's not here so yeah. But mine was, um, Exeter get a penalty in their own half. Steenson comes up, kicks it five minutes out from Gloucester line, two minutes to go. Incredible kick at hand. They get a five-minute drive line out, Grover, to, to draw the game. Yeah. I mean, so that's your moment of the That was my incredible that kick. kick out of hand. Yeah, that kick out of hand, five minutes out to, to draw the game. He could have won it with his kick right at the end, but mm. 
I mean, that's just been greedy. Yeah, I think yeah. that Vainu try is close to moment of the week. But I, my favourite thing I think I saw was um, when um, I think it was Reader, Alex Reader, I think it is the, the replacement back row. Yeah. Was who came on for Was and carried really hard actually. Ran into Marrow, and Marrow took the ball off him like he was holding it in his sleep. Yeah. It was like he's daddy's taking the ball off him it was it was unbelievable it couldn't yeah it was a genuine taking candy from a baby and that's yeah. our reader he's a very big bloke who would bully me mostly but you know <laughs> he, I looks, say, he looks like Jim's dad from American Pie I reckon you reckon, you reckon? <laughs> yeah. he's, he's got the eyebrows for he it. does have yeah. the eyebrows uh, he really to him. I, I would say actually just on the Steenson moment I think yeah. it uh, you know, a good kick like that, right in close, does make a world of difference. They you see quite a lot. Yeah, well. you see a lot of kickers. Um, you know, it's, it's a it's a fear. You know, the trial is there, you knock it dead at the end of the game. But if you can get it as close to that touchline and, and try line as possible, then it's a fantastic effort, and the forwards can really lift, knowing they've only got a couple of yards. I have to say, the Nicky Robinson, like when coming to the end of the game, and you know, we need points on the board, and I say, like, just. Go as far as you can, really go for it, but make sure it goes in. Real <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll yeah. I, I never, I never know if this is true or I, never true or not. But I, I, I remember hearing it on tour and assuming it was true, and I've regarded it as true ever since. But we were in Argentina with England in two thousand and two, and Charlie Hodgson was our ten on that tour, and um, there was Clive used to have loads of sort of boundary pushing ideas, marginal gains or Where, whatever. Where's Argentina? Argentina. Gotcha. And. Um, and listen up, mate, pay attention. No, oh, it's just because I know you had a great game there and set Phil Christopher's up for a try. Oh, you were like a playmaker, weren't you? Wasn't, wasn't going to bring that up. Um, got panicked when the ball came out of your hand straight into Phil Christopher. <laughs> dropped it, dropped it in his match winner. Yeah. Oh, mate, bounce pass works fantastic. Yeah, bounce pass, in defend yeah. But Charlie was in, that Clive had an idea that he would put uh, an earpiece into key players' ears and he could communicate with a walkie-talkie or a microphone <laughs> while they're on the pitch. Not say, do this, do that, but this is what we notice and we'll get messages on more efficiently, whatever. And Charlie Hodgson was doing, uh, he was doing uh, like goal kicking practice. And Dave Allred, the kicking coach, used to do this distraction stuff. He, you may have seen him do it. And he'd chuck balls around and make loads of noise around the kickers with other players, the other kickers joining in. But this time it was all quiet. And Charlie Hodgson was about to take this kick. And he sort of takes his three steps back, two steps to the left, starts to move forward. And just like start, his body like crumbles and not happens. It's just like all he hears in his ear is relax. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Clive in an unmarked truck on the sideline. Relax. In, what, in camp, <laughs> camp, <laughs> camp, <laughs> camp, <laughs> and everything. You've said that a few times, haven't you? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, come out too easy. <laughs> <laughs> right. So uh, we're moving on now to. Uh, so thank God for Michelle. Eh? I know. Um, yeah. Newcastle, Bristol. Yeah. I'm, yeah, it was. A nah, new... They leaked too many easy tries for me, Bristol. There, there was one, I think, um, who was it? Score, was it Hodgson? Um, yeah, Joel Hodgson. Yeah, yeah, score under the post, it was just like a little block play. It wasn't even touched. Um, no defender got. Uh, you look at Toby gifted that try with an offload at the start, it's so unfortunate. You feel for the bloke to Sashino, but it's, such, but it's horrible. The question it? is, it's just too easy. Is it, is it down to coaching? Because I'm sure they were run through plays like that every day in training and they're able to defend them. Is it down to the players aren't quite good enough at this level? Um, I think it's um, it's difficult to say not being in the environment with yeah. the coach of players and I don't want to put blame there. My only fear for them at the moment is teams that have done well when they've come up and stayed up invariably have been very difficult to beat, especially at home. Mm-hmm. And um, we look back to the years when Bristol were originally in the Premiership and... Um, is it, is it uh, the old Tom Hill? Richard Hill. Richard Hill was yeah. the um, 
coach and he used to target the home games. He'd actually mm. put out a week aside for away games, but he would target those home games and they were very, very tough at home. And I think if you've come up, you know, it is difficult. You, your preparation time and everything else, it is tough. Um, and to put in, in good plans is difficult. But I think you've got to make yourself really difficult to beat and you can't give too many easy points away. And I, and I fear for them at the moment they're giving too many easy points, yeah. you said. And Newcastle went to a 19-0 lead too easily. Um, and they could have made that game a real scrap if they'd just not given them so many points. You know, they got mm. back, they got they got two drives back, but mm. just too little, too late, unfortunately. So and I that's a massive win for Newcastle. They've got some real good players. I'm not just saying it's because they're Welsh, um, but they have John oh, Thomas, who is yeah. a great defensive captain, a, a good captain as well. Captain the Ospreys a fair bit knows defence inside out. They've got Dwayne Peel, incredible scrum half, really skillful, knows how to play and what areas to play the game, and better than anyone. Yeah. But it's just not that's not transferring onto the field, and sometimes you wonder is it the, the players they got? Because you know when you're coming up, you're not sure if you're going to come up through or get promoted, so you can't plan. It's about just trying to survive, and it just it's not working, is it? They've had a tough start to the season. They've had a lot of tough teams on. Yeah, it's doors, kind of. But mm. they need to find their feet soon. Yeah, I absolutely buy into Goody's point about you've got to become a nightmare at home. Mm. That's what you've got to become, and however you do that, whether that's whether that's through you know expansive aggressive attack or that's through being a set of horrible mutants, you find a way, and they haven't quite found that yet. And I, I'm I'm inclined to think that um, it's kind of it's kind of harsh, but there we are. I think I'm kind of inclined I'm kind of inclined to think there isn't a quality of player there. Mm. Um, but the the whole model, the promotion model, we know all about that. And what what really doesn't help Bristol is the what Exeter have achieved, having sort of been in the champs forever and come up. You know they've. Mm doesn't help them because they're the, but it's it's um it's not geared towards healthy um aggressive or progressive recruitment is it but there we are it's very tough cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue also you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states united healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company offer flexible budget-friendly coverage for you learn more at uh1.com Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Shanks, I've got some questions for some um, listeners. What have we got? Oof. Yeah, uh, the first one's actually really interesting. Um, where did Flats get his jacket from? He was wearing it on the highlight show. <laughs> oh, the Butlins one. Mate, but not the Butlins, bingo. Bingo, sorry. What colour of Butlins? Red, is it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. If, um, I, ever, if I ever win the lottery, that's what I'm going to buy, that jacket. <laughs> I've got to say, he did pull it off, though. I mean, it's, it's one thing to have 
you know, the bravery, um, yeah. the confidence to wear it. And but secondly, but, he did it yeah. well. I'll win the lottery and buy that jacket. Three numbers. I should do it, shouldn't I? <laughs> we were talking about winning the lottery the other day, actually. Um, two of the lads were in for the Euro Millions, which was like 100, I think it was 110 million or something. Yeah. And we were just like three others who were with him. We were all haggling over, come on, you give us a mil each, wouldn't you? And he don't, I think Chris Wells done a, a deal with me to give me a million. Yeah. The other two, he was like, well, no, I, I've done a deal with Goody already. I, I'll give him a million. You guys didn't ask me. <laughs> they were getting quite upset that he wouldn't give a million of it's his 110 money. million. Then we discussed what we'd do with it and the trip away and everything. And right, that, that yeah. was the whole part you'd want. And, and you get a lovely jacket like mine. That's yeah. some, that was from Jack Horton, all right? Cheers, um, Jack. Right, Jack. You like, I actually got it from Brown in town in Bristol, so get yourself down there. So we've got a, uh, another question from Jack Eustace. Um, fastest or fattest player you've played with? Mm. Mm. Um, fastest would be... You don't have to say the fattest. We don't have to embarrass anyone. T- to be fair... Um, I think Tom Vandale's got to be up there. Yeah. Um, I played with him in the Saxons and he was very, very sharp. Mm-hmm. Like, I've not seen many people. I, I, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, if you put him and Wade in a running race and Johnny May, I'm sure they'd be, be close. But having played with him and just knowing that you put the ball in front of him and he's gone. For you, right, who would be the fastest prop? Do you know any fast props? Because um, I remember back in the day, you used to, you used to wear spikes and do uh, 40 metre sprints in the track. 150s, mate. Huh? I beat George Shooting in 150 40, once. 40 metres. Well 40 played, metres. Yeah. Um, he wasn't running. I, I, the fastest prop... Uh, Gary Powell's a good, really good athlete. Yeah. Um, fastest prop would be Trevor Woodman. Really? Yeah, very, very explosive. Well, it was always that, um, was that yeah. rumour when you were younger and you, you, like, you hear these rumours out of like, the England camps. That um, the old prop from Northampton, the very bald bloke, uh, Thingy Morris, was Robbie, Morris. Robbie Morris, was like the third quickest over ten yards in the squad or something like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Was that just his PR spinster? Yeah, I, out? I don't, I'm not sure that was true. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure that good was true. PR, mate. Well played. It's weird. It's one of those weird things, and it kind of means nothing. But I remember being in South Africa on my first tour, and I was competing with Trevor Woodman for the bench spot behind Jace Leonard, and. Mm. Um, Trevor and I, I think we're either rooming together or something like that, but we jumped, we had to jog up a couple, get, walk up a couple of stairs to our room, and Trev had his bags on his like, bag and shoulder, and he just popped up, jumped up a couple of stairs at a time. And it doesn't sound like much, but I watched him spring up those stairs, and honestly, I was just, apart from, wow, those legs are amazing, I was thinking, I couldn't do that. Like, I, don't have, I don't have that explosive power in me. I'm a strong bloke, but I don't have explosive power. And then you see him run, and you're like, I just... I could train for 10 years and not have that. I need to stop trying to compete with that and do my own thing because he was yeah, incredibly, incredibly powerful. Yeah, explosive. Um, we've got one here from Jamie um, Benthal. How often do players get tested? Is rugby for drugs? Or, I assume so, yeah. Um, quite often. Um, you, a mixture of um, hair, urine or blood sa- uh, samples are given. And... Um, we'd I'd pre- get right with hair, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd get it off my back, wouldn't I? Salt in the soles <laughs> of my feet. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> get off my knuckles and tongue, wouldn't I? Um, so quite often, and um, I think most of the guys in the international fold have to have a whereabouts um, form, or form or whatever it's called, where you have to tell them where you are every single day for an hour. Yeah. So um, usually it's like in the morning, I'll be at home every day. But if you go away on holiday, um, a trip with... England or yeah. South and you have to tell them where you are so uh, and they have come to my house before they've come into camp at early in the morning so it's like pretty often if you miss, if you yeah miss if you miss them then um, yeah, you get a fine and a strike I think it is and then if you, if you miss three then you're, you're banned I don't know what it's like now but they, they used to just 
what they used to watch it coming out of. Ah, yeah. There's no, there's no like. Into a bottle. <laughs> I don't think you can get the old uh, fake. Um, what do we call it? Uh, fake yeah. shaft. That's yeah. the one. Yeah. We can't. You can't get a fake shaft because they would see it. But they stood there like you know. Like, I don't know, half a metre away, aren't they? Some lads wouldn't like that. You wouldn't like not, that, didn't you? Did you not? Did you not? I was about to say, is that not a job after rugby for you? Oh, like, yeah, doing I'll that? tell you what. You know, yeah, you'd be right on the street. Yeah. I wouldn't have to do this then, would I? The voyeur. You'd also be like, oh, come on, mate, is that all you've got? <laughs> you've got better than that. Um, oh, we, I, meant, I meant the sample, not that. We've got, we, <laughs> we got a question here from Steve Thompson. I'm guessing it's not the Steve Thompson, although it might be. <laughs> do players, obviously in internationals they do, do play rugby players ever like footballers swap jerseys after big club games um, club games no. no international games uh, some people do yeah yeah uh, they're still well, you don't see it too often but um, sometimes the uh, international fold the yeah, team will go into the opposition team mm. um, more the southern hemisphere teams I guess but actually no it happens in all games you can go in next door swap jerseys with the opposite number you might have a beer it's, you know I remember playing against the Springboks and Ollie LaRue was uh, loose head for them, the big fella, you know. Yeah. And, um, very big. Very big. And um, good athlete, mate. And we, I went to swap jerseys. He's like, do you want to swap jerseys? And I said, yeah, I'll come over in a minute. So I went to swap and I walked in and I had my jersey on and went to take it off. He's like, no, no, can I have your clean one, please? You guys get two, don't you? I was like, yeah, can I have your clean one, please? Like, uh, oh, demanding. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, sure, I'll go back and get it. Cheers. And he got, he got it, because he had it, in, you have it embroidered, you know, you probably still do, but that, that was the early days of having your jersey embroidered and it's this cap and it's this game mm. and the date, whatever. And he checked it and said, oh no, it's not embroidered. I said, no, the second ones aren't embroidered. He goes, oh, can I have your embroidered one then, please? I was like, uh, I've taken it off. I was like, yeah, sure, I'll go back and get that. I literally made three trips. <laughs> Jesus. It was me thinking he wanted to wear it out or something. I, don't know, <laughs> yeah, I, know. I know, it wouldn't have fit him, mate. Mine was big, wasn't big enough for him. I remember, uh, yeah, I remember playing against Ireland in 2008 and I don't know what it's like with you guys, but Sometimes, if you wanted to swap shirts, you'd play, you'd have to get in there early before someone else did. So, we're playing against Brian Driscoll, and we are both on the floor, and I just said to him, fancy swapping shirts? He's like, yeah, yeah. I said, like, oh, great, see you later. Carried on the game. He went off injured, uh, probably about 10 minutes to go. So, I didn't bother him then. He went off injured, went to the injury room. Um, doctors were seeing him. We'd won the game, obviously, standard. So, got changed. We knew we were going to have a, a big night, because it was two weeks till the next game. So, we allowed out in Ireland. And we went to the, um, one of the dinners in one of the hotels for presentations, food, drinks. And I was in the toilet, um, broke the seal early, um, and Paul O'Connell just came up to me in the toilet and went, hello, Tom. <laughs> that, what part of India is he from? <laughs> I never knew he was Danish. <laughs> That's exactly how he talks. He went, uh, because Brian wanted to give me the give you this, he's uh, he's injured. And I went, oh, thanks very much, mate. So he handed me Drico's shirt in a carrier bag. Um, he'd taken it off. He remembered and given it to Paul O'Connell. And so I thought, Dr- Driscoll wasn't at a dinner. No, he wasn't at a dinner because he was injured. He couldn't make it. Um, um, so he gave Paul O'Connell his jersey to give to me. So and I thought, what did you give him in return? Your have to give him anything. Ha- your hand, which is happy days. Hadn't been washed at that point. Did, yeah. did you send? Did you send Brian your shirt? Um, or did it, did it have a note saying, don't worry about sending yours, mate? <laughs> don't yeah. it. Cheers, Tim. <laughs> Here's yeah. the jersey, Tim. It's Tom. Whatever. Yeah, I, well, you can slam my shirt if you want. Um, <laughs> Should we really anyway. now? It's getting on. <laughs> it's getting on. Do you want Shanks' shirt? Yeah, Who's sorry. Shanks? You played shirt? against him a few times. <laughs> it's probably one of his biggest regrets in his rugby career that he didn't get my shirt. Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, he framed it. But he, he gave it to me. Like, it's in a carry bag. And we carried on drinking around the table. And he was drinking games. Um, you know, left-handed drinking, no smiling, no pointing. Lads, lads, yeah. lads. 
Yeah, no acceptance, yeah. anything like that. Tell um, her. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Shanks wouldn't enjoy that. Uh, he'd be on purpose. Oh, I didn't say it. Sorry, lads. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I have your underwear. Yeah, yeah. Joking. God, you got me wrong. Um, um, we went out that night, obviously. Um, got back to the hotel, went to sleep, woke up in the morning. Thought, nah, a bit more about the night. What happened oh, to the night? My <laughs> oh my God, I've left this shirt at the hotel. Gutted. Absolutely gutted. So I ring the hotel. They courier it over. Well, they found it? They found it. Oh, they it over. No one's nicked it. Give it to me. Um, so, problem Happy solved. Days. And uh, nice. saw it on eBay a week later. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, obviously. Wait, whereabouts in uh, Dublin did you go out? <laughs> <laughs> whereabouts in Dublin did you go out? Um, I think it was called like, it was like Frank's Nightclub or something like that. Sounds um, good. It was like you a Robert, really... there was a Robert De Niro lounge in there as well. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Oh, no. Ooh, cigars? Is that v- like the Dublin version of the Pennine suite? The, the, the VIP. Lee Burns saw that out, so. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. Classic, of course he did. Classic Lee, eh? Yeah. Right, we've got some more questions. Um, biggest off-season weight gain or worst shape coming into pre-season? Oh, well, actually, that's a good one. I can answer that one. I, as, a, as a prop, we were always the ones, generally the ones who were closest to the limit on fat count. And they used to do it in um, millimetres when I played. I don't know what it's like with you, Goon, but... <clears throat> excuse me, though. So I was, I was, I finished the season. You're always a bit run down at the end of the season. You're never quite in the shape you were at the start because of obvious reasons and all that. Um, but you, but my mills were 38 mils at the end of the season and I was whatever weight, 120 kilos, whatever. So a bit fat, but they said, look, come back to start of pre-season. Your, limit, your limit's 42 mils. You've got four mils of grace over pre-season. That's not a lot, is it? How long do you have off-season? Uh, probably a month, something like that. So it's four meals, I could do four meals in about a lunch and a half, right? So, you know, four minutes is pretty tough. Anyway, I, I had a good summer and came back, and Bell, Duncan Bell and I had the same, his upper limit was 42, so that, was the, that would have made us the joint fattest guys in the squad, along with a lot of other props. So we come back, and I come back, and I'm 44. So not great, um, but you sweat it out for a couple of days, you're soon back down. They put me in Fat Club, I was president of Fat Club, for a couple of days, come back down. Belly came back, Duncan Bell, we had four weeks off, he went from, he was something like 42 mils or 41 mils when he went, he went to 98 mils in a month. And I'm wow. not making it up. I'm not making it up to the point where they were worried about him and they got the team doctor in and said, there's something wrong with this guy. And he's like, it's not something wrong with him, it's just his diet. He's literally made of butter. Like he, came, he came back and he'd gone from being about a little bit fatter than me to being more than twice as fat in a month. I mean, but you look at it and you think, his genes just, he just, but now, He's like, he started watching what he eats, now he doesn't get paid to watch what he eats. And he's like lost about six stone. Is it? Yeah, painful. Good. Who's, anyone come back in really good shape or bad? This is, it's actually a question from JD, this is, so. Um, yeah, there was a, a couple of boys this pre-season, I won't name names, who came in pretty heavy, as if they had just drunk and ate pork scratchings for the whole month. And mm. they had to have uh, seven days a week near him for the first month. Yeah, um, I think one of them actually got let off because he's got family. He gave him six days a week. And the yeah. guy who doesn't have family was pretty bitter about that and quite <laughs> yeah. angry and wanted to comply. And they said, "Until you get tested on your fat scores again, you can shut up." He went, "Valid, fair enough, all right." Um, do you remember Martin Wood, the scrum half from the Woody, yeah, yeah, yeah. scrum half from Bath? He once came back to pre-season so fat that they put him in this like a they put his a bin liner, an actual black bin liner. <laughs> they put Adams. holes in it. Like Tony they put him in a bin liner under his shirt and they put him in like a muscle vest and a rugby top. Yeah. And he used to have to do as we trained for like the first month of pre-season, he just had to do laps of the field. And pre-season sessions are long. There are days when he's doing two hour jogs 
like running around and running. There's a bit of banging behind us. So, so a, I say the, the bin man's coming here. The Sarri's bin man's it's coming. It's time in. to make as much noise as possible. Shanks, whack him, will you? He's hiding. We used to, you know, like pre season when it's hot as well, you try and train with your top off. We, there's a rule that you weren't allowed to train Surely with your top with off. With your skin and tongue. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> only, only when they're training in Iceland at night. I've got European parents, mate, I tan. Um, <laughs> That's where the accent The only person I was allowed to do was Sam Alban because you had to be under 6% body fat. <laughs> so he was the only one that was allowed to train with the top off if he oh wanted. Oh my days. But oh my days. Jeans, eh? That can't be healthy. Um, I, I think, Shanks, I think we've probably done enough now. Yeah. Um, Goody's starting to catch flies, his mouth's hanging open, <laughs> he looks unbelievably bored, he's finished his I'm, pint I'm of lime and soda. More, uh, more stories about Shanks. No, <laughs> and, he's, and he's deviant past. <laughs> yeah. Problem is, his kids are going to hear this one day, but by then yeah. I reckon they'll know. The less people know about me, the better. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's a rule. You are selling the podcast on the back of your stories, so. I don't and know. Yours. And yours. Well, man. yeah, we just found out the coaches think I'm a boring bastard. And the drone, yeah, yeah, <laughs> basically did, yeah. And the drone. Um, Shanks, you better tell people before we go how they can contact us. Well, I'll do one. Um, that is, you can contact us on Twitter, which is at Flats and Shanks. Twitter. What's our webpage, Dave? Our webpage is flatsandshanks.com. Oh, he's panicking. Uh, or email us at um, contact at Flats and Shanks. Yeah, now That's thank fun. you for listening. This has been a bit longer than we planned, but we really enjoy Goody's company, so that's kind of the way it went. Hope you've enjoyed it too. Goody, did you enjoy it? I had a great time. Thank you very much, guys. You're a great very, guy. You're a natural. Very accommodating. Thank you for coming say. on. You look Appreciate in great it. shape. The tuber grip's embarrassing, but otherwise you look great. Yeah, and I look like a nine year old, as we've and, established. Uh, good luck now with the rest of the season. Appreciate Cheers, it. Cheers, mate. Ta da. Bye, Ta-da, lads. Imagine that didn't record. <laughs> 